grass is always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Already 77 degrees here on Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. Good morning. Second hour of Green and Growing. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. And so proud, as you heard Robin Walensky mention there, in the newscast of our 21st annual WSB Radio Carathon. If you're just waking up and weren't listening yesterday evening around 6 p.m., we announced that you helped us raise $1,671,813. That's huge. And you can still donate throughout the weekend to go toward that total at wsbradio.com. And we so appreciate each and every one of you supporting the Carathon and listening for that 37-hour broadcast. We began at 5 a.m. on Thursday and went straight through to 6 p.m. yesterday. It was a great, great week, a very exhausting week for yours truly, but in the best way possible. 404-872-0750. In the last hour, really appreciate Walter Reeves with some great perennial plant suggestions and just talk about maintaining those. Everything said on the show, it's recorded forever. So I I have to watch what I say. It'll follow me. Um, No, and it's up for you to listen to at your leisure, usually by Monday morning as a podcast when you go to wsbradio.com right after you make your donation to the Athletic Cancer and Blood Disorder Center at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Uh, click on demand, and that's where podcasts for most of our shows are. And you can listen to each hour separately. So Walter Reeves always comes along around 6:30 every Saturday morning to share some good knowledge with us. So I have asked for your calls, and we've got them. 404-872-0750. Helen calling from Cumming up in Forsyth County. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Ashley. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I have a plum leaf azalea that I want to successfully reproduce uh, plants uh, to pass on to friends. Beautiful. And I need help. Yeah, that's the plum leaf azalea is going to be absolutely beautiful. A bigger native azalea here in the southeastern United States, just absolutely beautiful. What uh, what color do you have? The like orange, reddish color flowers? Yes, I do. Great. And it's blooming right now. Yes. So they love some of the shade. Azaleas are easy to propagate, so that is really good news for you, Helen. And now is a really good time to do that. Um, by now, a lot of the new growth has gone from green to brown, and we want it more established. We don't want to try to propagate a limb or a cutting that's new and kind of green. So once it's established, it's a brown branch, it's a pretty sturdy limb, you're able to cut that, and you want to take a few cuttings. Like, for example, I got a Confederate rose cutting from my friend Mickey Gasway, and thank goodness she gave me three because only one took. So you're going to have some loss. You want to take more than you think you need. Um, Six to eight inches long is probably long enough, and when you cut it, make a nice clean cut. Strip off the leaves near the cut, near the bottom of the limb you just removed. Um, You can use rooting hormone. A lot of folks swear by it. I don't necessarily think you need it. And one of Walter Reeves' favorite ways to do this was get, you know, a small pot, maybe four-inch pot, three-inch plastic pot, and fill it with that really good soil. Um, You want new soil. You want something that's, you know, fresh out of the bag, maybe some perlite. You want to make sure that it drains well. 
Um, and then you have to kind of cut the bottom off of like a two liter bottle of soda, cut that bottom off and it's going to create a dome. It's going to create kind of a greenhouse effect to keep the moisture and humidity high around that cutting. Um, and you just keep it lightly watered, keep it out of direct sunlight. And it's probably going to start, you know, putting on roots in a few weeks. It sounds like something I can do. Absolutely. Yep. Six to eight weeks, maybe it'll form some roots. And when you just go to barely tug on that limb, you'll kind of feel it, you know, holding on to the soil. So keep an eye on it until I guess that would put us about September. Um, And that times out perfectly because you do that now. You've got six to eight weeks for it to safely establish its own root system. And then obviously we promote planting new shrubs and trees and all of that in the fall so that they have enough time to get acclimated and accustomed to their, you know, their new growing situation without the stress of the summer heat and before the frost of the winter comes on. So that is a perfect time to establish new plants. Um, And like I said, rooting hormone, Helen, that's completely up to you. I think you can do it without. But uh, go to WalterReeves.com and just... I did azalea propagation, and you see the little diagram there of him using like a Gatorade bottle or a soda bottle just to keep over top of that, or even like a plastic bag if you had a Ziploc bag or something like that, just to keep that humidity in there. That's going to be key to really keeping the leaves that you've left on there, you know, nice and green and and healthy, and it gets just enough sunlight if you put it in a a little bit of a shady area, but that does get sun, and that's going to be enough for it to thrive. Okay. Yes. That I sounds like something I can do. Well, good. Thank you very much. Yes. Good luck to you for sure. And that's really fun to kind of watch that happen. Um, and also, if it's just really a big plant, tough to tackle, something like that, um, air layering works too. And, you know, folks have heard of, of air layering. That's another way to propagate um, when the lower limbs on the shrub, you're able to maybe scrape the bottom side of the limb a little bit and then push it down against the ground. I mean, you're not going to break the limb. You're going to do it. It's it's pliable. It's going to be easily done. But scrape some of that bark off, that cambium layer off the limb, and then you're kind of leaving it exposed. And when you push it down toward the ground, those lower limbs, you can weight it down with a rock or something like that. And over time, when that limb is resting on the soil, good soil down underneath, maybe not you know on top of mulch or pine straw or anything like that, but good soil down underneath, it'll start to grow li- or roots from that cutting or that uh, scraping and the limb, and it's still getting the nutrients from the parent plant because it's still attached, still getting all the water and moisture that it needs. And sometimes that's an option as well, so that can work too for you. Thanks for the call, Helen. Great question. <clears throat> all right, now we got traffic trooper, disc golf driver, Mike from McDonough. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Ashley. Hey, congratulations on the Carathon. Ah, yes, right? Absolutely. What a fun year. And we were worried coming out of a pandemic, you know, we had to do the Carathon much differently last year. We couldn't be face-to-face or in-person with any of the patients and their families. So every host had a patient that they interviewed via Zoom, Mm. and it was so good to be back in person with these families and hear their stories. So thanks, Mike. Great job. And now I want uh, want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell people why I just called you a traffic trooper. What does that mean? (laughs) It's kind of like an inside joke during the week, right? (laughs) It is. I'm I'm one of... uh, Many people who uh, have, are, are your set of eyes on the road, and if we see something happening on the road, we'll give you all a heads up. And um, so we're out there kicking around, and um, I'm the disc golf driver because I'm a big disc golf, big disc golfer. So it kind of plays in there. 
Yeah, and I mean, sometimes the traffic troopers that call the traffic center pretty frequently give themselves a name, or in some cases, Captain Herb gave many of you names, or we've just kind of <laughs> yeah. developed nicknames for you over time. But um, And two, you're working on, since you're an avid disc golf player, you work on mm-hmm. a fundraiser that you do that helps us uh, support Toys for Tots, which was one of Captain Herb's favorite charities. And what's the date that you mm-hmm. set for that disc golf tournament? <clears throat> It's October 2nd, which is the first Saturday in October, and uh, I'm actually on, on my way to a disc golf course right now. I'm going to be interviewed for We Are Henry Magazine. They're doing a story on our event this year. That's great, and I think this will probably be, what, the fourth or fifth annual for you, right? It's the fifth annual, yes. Yeah, man, time flies. So we love doing that. The traffic team is grateful that you've involved us in that and that we can be a part of that and, and raise money for Toys for Tots. So now that the carathon's over, Mike, we're already kind of thinking on to the next group of folks. Who can we help? You know, so October 2nd, um, you'll definitely see more of myself and Doug Turnbull, Smile and Mark McKay, share information cool. about that on, on our Twitter accounts and our Facebook uh, pages. So thank you for what you do for that, Mike. Well, it's a, it's a great effort in honor of a, a great man, Captain Herb. Absolutely. And we, we missed him during the Carathon. That was such a passion project of his as well. And I'm so glad a lot of the hosts brought him up during the Carathon, you know, memories of him playing a role mm-hmm. in that too. So we've, uh, we've had a really just a good uh, week to reminisce and, and we've been really inspired by the children there at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. So um, you know what does not inspire gardeners? What you're calling about? Deer. <laughs> it does quite the opposite, doesn't it? <clears throat> Uh, a furry legged uh, <laughs> uh, terror that I've lived in this subdivision for oh fifteen years have never had problem with deer, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't want to spray chemicals. So I'm trying to get into this deer's head, and I hear you're an expert on deer psychology. So I'm going to lay down <laughs> on the couch, and uh, right. can you help me figure out how to keep this guy from? Chewing all my plants up without uh, spraying chemicals. That's right. You know, I did take just Deer Psychology 101, Mike. I didn't make it much further than that. So I've got some pointers for you for sure. There's a couple of different avenues we can take with this, just repelling deer, keeping them away. I do have some suggestions. It may not be what you think, but I certainly do. If you can hang tight, it's time to step out, check traffic and weather. We'll be back with that if you're tackling a deer issue as well. I have some good news for you. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. Scott Slade, the grandfather of the WSB Radio Carathon, so proud he started that 21 years ago. And look at how far we've come. Over 21 years, almost $28 million you have helped us raise to go towards Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. The weather forecast brought to you by Finley Roofing. Mostly sunny and hot today, a high in the mid-90s. With the heat index, it may feel like 105 where you are. So please plan accordingly, hydrate, wear sunscreen, be very careful. A chance for scattered thunderstorms tomorrow evening or late in the afternoon. Again, a high in the mid-90s and lows around 73. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. This one sneaks up on me every single year. I get so busy with gardening in the summer, I forget around the end of July. It's really kind of the last chance to plant pumpkin seeds. Sow them about an inch deep and a lot of mulch. They need 8 to 10 hours of sun and plenty of room for the vines to spread. I had a lot of fun doing that last year, though I did not get any pumpkins. The the vines were beautiful. Um, Number two, how's the centipede lawn looking? You know, you may have those 
dull green, curled up, maybe even a little bit of brown spot. So a sign of drought stress, which even though we had about 16, 17 days of rain here mid-month, if conditions were really warm in the beginning of the summer with little rain, that may have been the onset of the drought stress. So uh, poor watering practices, just look out for that. Excess thatch, compacted soil, that's one of the biggest reasons why grasses fail or poor root development, even nematodes. And number three, to keep your herbs at their best, harvest often. you got to always go out there on the deck or the porch and pick those. Only about 20% at a time, though. Water herbs at the base of the plants and don't let the soil dry out in between waterings. 404-872-0750. So have about a minute to cover Mike from McDonough's question about deer, just keeping them away. So there are products that are safe for the environment. He said he didn't want to do it with chemicals, but deer scram is a granular repellent. It is labeled safe for animals. Well, I mean, safe for humans, insects, and won't hurt plants um, in case it actually does kind of biodegrade and break down into something that's more of an organic high nitrogen nutrition around it. And also something like plant skid as well. That's another brand of repellent. Um, Odor-free to us, but it's safe, again, around uh, plants and things. You just never want to apply it to the edible parts of anything with vegetables. But then on WalterReeves.com, he does have a great list of plants that will deter them just because of the texture, um, something that doesn't taste as good. For example, different shrubs like butterfly bush, they're not going to touch. Mimosa, Vitex is beautiful. Different herbs and things like that. Also hellebore. My goodness, they'll get the hostas, but they will not get the hellebore. Snapdragons, bluebells, yarrow. So WalterReeves.com, just hit Deer Control. Type in Deer Control, and there you'll find some great list of flowers you can enjoy that the deer don't. 404-872-0750. We'll be right back. You're listening to Green and Growing. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. We're back 7.36 on a Saturday morning, halfway through Green and Growing, a somewhat new garden show and just everything about the outdoors, birding, anything you want to talk about. 404-872-0750 is the number to call. Yeah, it's been since uh, February was the one year anniversary. So we're making our way toward the uh, year and a half mark that I've been doing the show. Absolutely love it. And I find time Monday through Friday, of course, to still be a part of triple team traffic and um, delivering traffic updates with Mark McKay and Mark Aram during Atlanta's morning news with Scott Slade and love that as, as well. But I don't get as much time to talk to all of you. If you call the traffic center, that's kind of busy and crazy and hectic. But this is not starting off at a nice pace on a Saturday morning. Hope you have a good hot cup of coffee, and uh, you want to finish it early because it's just going to get hotter outside. It already feels kind of muggy. Uh, It's approaching 80 degrees already. Heat index today, it may feel like 105, so it's going to be a good day to maybe stay by some water uh, as long as you can jump in the pool, protect yourself from the sun, or just stay indoors. Hopefully your air conditioning works. 404-872-0750. So we were talking to Mike just a little while ago with, um, you know, suggestions for keeping the deer away. You spend money, you spend time 
on these plants that you want in your landscape. And whether it's deer or rabbits or something like that, it's just heartbreaking when you see them just chomping down and destroying the plants that you like. So, Bill from Ackworth, you may have some suggestions for Mike and other listeners as well. Good morning. Good morning. So, what what has uh, worked for you? Well, I've heard you talk, uh, somebody called in about chopping soap up and throw it in the yard. That's about halfway correct. What you want to do is get your onion bags that you buy onions in at the grocery store, uh-huh. empty them out, take a bar of soap and put it in that bag. Uh-huh. Tie it to a limb on the tree near your garden or a fence post or whatever you've got where the air can flow through it and get the scent. Because deer, that's what they smell on humans when they go hunting is the soap in your clothes and on your body. Mm-hmm. And it's a surefire way if you hang it up in these onion bags, a bar of soap, several of them around your garden, you will not have any deer in your garden. So this is an unpaid plug for Irish Spring because that is one of the most strongly scented bar soaps I can think of. Um, well, it and- doesn't matter what kind of soap you use. <laughs> right, right. Because when you go hunting, I'm a deer hunter, when you go hunting, they smell the soap in your on your body and in your clothes that you wash with. Mm-hmm. And that's what the deer smell. Well, and like you said, too, if the air is really, you know, flowing or on a breezy day or whatever, just pushing the smell of that soap around the area, I mean, how far off do you think it would keep them away? Are we talking just 10 feet away? Or, I mean, that's, I guess, enough to keep them away well, from I'll your garden. Well, I'll put it this way. I've, I've, I've used it for several years, this, this method, and I have no problem with the air in my garden. Nice. Okay. And let me ask you, since you're a hunter, Bill, too, I want to know, I don't really, I, I I don't hunt, so I don't know a whole lot about salt blocks. And I know that's going to attract them, of course. But what if you were to put, you know, a salt block at the edge of your property, would that make them happy enough to where they wouldn't come up, you know, closer to the house and really be interested in the garden? Or is that just kind of a added bonus well, for them and they're still going to eat your plants? I have a lot of birds and bird feeders, and they come up and eat my bird seed and stuff, but they leave my garden alone. Huh. Okay. Because of the soap yeah. that I've got around it. Yeah, Sandra Parrish, you know, a reporter for WSB for a long time here, and I had a great conversation this time last year, and I think she might have been the one that was saying, you know, the shavings of, of the bar soap and just kind of leaving it around the garden, but of course that's going to eventually break down with the moisture. Yeah. And, and rain and all that. So just the full bar of soap in, a, in an onion bag from the grocery store. and One of these net up. onion bags yeah. and uh, the air will flow through it and take the smell right to the deer and they won't bother your garden. Ah, oh, Bill, I really like it. That's a man with a plan, a man who has tried this and knows that's a good suggestion. Thank you so much. And, Mike, I hope you're still listening. Try that. Invest in some soap. Go buy it, buy it at the dollar store and away you go. 404 872 0750 up next talking to Yolanda calling from Decatur. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Great. How are you this morning? I'm good. Um I had a question about um is twofold okay. and not not um combined. Okay. Uh, this, when we were in Taiwan as a child, there were snails there and they were as big as a man's fist. Ooh. And I wondered what kind of snails they were. I don't know. I think they probably carried diseases. I found that out later in life. (laughs) But I used to play with them, so I just wondered. It's fascinating to see a snail that big. Yeah, I'll definitely have to do some research because never in my life in the United States have I seen a snail that big. I mean, I don't think I would be 
creeped out by it, certainly, but uh, that's very interesting. And I don't know, yeah, what diseases they carry or what kind of things they may have that, you know, we don't want them to pass along with us. You were always told as a kid to be careful having a frog in your hand because you may get warts or something, you know, like you just never know. I didn't grow up that way, obviously. Yeah, right. I mean, and Mickey Gasway, I think of her, how much her... uh, her love of wildlife. It didn't matter if it was a frog, a snail, a snake. She wanted it in her hand. She yeah. wanted to take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. And we all grew up just fine, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, my second question is, there's a, um, I don't want to call it a weed because people do eat it mm-hmm. in the southern states. It's called poke salad. Yes. I want to get rid of it. And I tried pouring some... Um, uh, stump killer on it and so forth, and it still has come back in droves. It does, doesn't it? And for those who don't know, pokeweed, poke salad, um, really, if left to grow tall enough, it's kind of pretty. Really broad green leaves, and the, the older it gets, the, the stem gets thicker and thicker, and it's almost like a magenta kind of purple color, um, and it puts on berries as well. And it can be really interesting looking. But, yeah, for, for most cases, it grows where we don't want it, which, in my mind, classifies it as a weed. Um, I hate to say glyphosate just because that seems like kind of a cop-out. That will kill it. But just digging it out by the root, literally getting in there rather than just pulling it up with your hand, digging around it and making sure you get the root system is probably going to be a little more guaranteed than just yanking it out. And, of course, cutting it you know, with a weed weed whacker or whatever, it's going to come right back. Well, see, I, I cut it down to the ground, and then I actually poured the stump stuff down. Mm-hmm. And it still is, uh, maybe it's not a, a strong enough stump killer, because I noticed when I used it in different places, it does uh, vines and so forth, too. Uh, it takes it a lot longer to take effect yeah, than and some a, of the other products I've used. And a lot of the things that are designed... Um, you know, to dissolve stumps do require repeated applications. So I don't know if that's just, you know, the chemical isn't strong enough or if the stumps are just that tough that it needs that repeated application. But that, I mean, you may be on the right track too, but I would plan to do it, you know, at least two to three times before it really becomes effective. Okay, okay. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, really good to talk to you this morning, Yolanda. Thanks for calling. Uh Uh-huh. Love your show. Oh, thank you. I really enjoy it. This show is so fun. And I'll be completely honest with all of you. I did no preparation for the show whatsoever this week. I, why do I call myself out, Justin? Why do I, why do, I do that? Because <laughs> you wouldn't know any different. You wouldn't be any the wiser. But um, the carathon was just so time-consuming, and I was just so energized and working on that this week. And then, it I mean, here it is, you know, Friday night last night, and I'm thinking, ah, I got a show tomorrow. What am I going to do? So I was grateful for uh, at least Greg sending me a message on Facebook earlier in the week that I thought, hey, that's a good topic. I'm going to talk about that. Because Greg sent me this amazing picture of a hornet's nest up in the tree, 15 to 20 feet up. Um, Crazy. If you've never seen a hornet nest, holy cow. And lo and behold, Greg sends me that picture. And, uh, you know, the week goes by. My husband hired some landscapers in the yard yesterday morning. They got out there early, started tackling some of the things that we had let just go and go and go. And now everything's a little more manageable for me. Um, But uh, I said, you know, make sure to tell them to cut that one limb off the magnolia tree that hangs just a little too far over the driveway. It hits his tall truck every time he goes up and down the driveway. And those poor workers went up to that magnolia tree, which is just magnificent. And they're like, oh, mm -mm, there's a hornet nest in there. We're not getting near that. And my husband and I had no 
idea. Sure enough, look up, about eight feet up, there it is. It's that paper-looking, you know, like you think of a mummy wrapped in, in paper, and it's that look. It can be more round in shape. It can be the size of a football, a little more oblong, but nevertheless, the holes are kind of near the bottom, and that is a hornet nest, and it is terrifying. And, uh, you know, they they weren't angry. They they chill. Obviously, we didn't even know they were there. The queen starts to work on that nest in the springtime, and a lot of times the hornets go after wood, like just slim, uh, very thin pieces of wood, whether it's from fence posts, whether it's from trees, whether it's from just a variety of different places. And it's amazing that they can carry that, construct the nest, and then there's kind of a waxy type substance that holds it all together. So Greg was asking, oh gosh, what do I do? It's 15 to 20 feet up. Help me. A lot of times if you leave it, they're going to die out by September anyways. Um, And then you may have the cases where other colonies kind of try to come and invade it because, hey, it's already built. It's a new home. They can take over. Um, But they are most active in July and August. So if you have kids nearby, it can be a little bit of a scare. A lot of those products work that are going to be hornet and wasp sprays, and they're meant to spray at a distance. So you're safe to do it 15 to 20 feet away. Obviously, wear the right eye gear, dress appropriately. If you have any allergies to bees whatsoever, probably not the best idea to tackle that by yourself. But you apply those sprays in the evening and at night, the insects are less likely to be active. They're going to be, you know, kind of headed to bed for the evening. So you don't want to do it in the really busy part of the day. Um, And we watched a video, my goodness, my husband and I watched a video of someone going up to it in the evening time and just slowly, very quietly creeping up with a trash bag and then just quickly, you know, setting it into the trash bag and then sealing it really quickly. And, I mean, that 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 was just crazy to me. And the guy did it successfully, but God forbid you fall off the ladder and something something happens as they all fly out. But then as it's in that trash bag, sealed really, really, really tight, left out in the hot sun for a couple of days, that's going to be enough to kill the entire nest. But, Greg, I see absolutely no problem with using those sprays. Um, just Timing is everything, using it in the evening time as well, and that's going to be when it's most effective. 404-872-0750, we've got questions from Ted in Covington talking about a cover cloth for the vegetable garden. Jimmy and McDonough follow up on the Bermuda grass centipede, maybe one growing into the other, and we want to find out what's going on. Jennifer and Kennesaw, leaves of a chili tree being, being eaten, want to find out what's doing that and how to stop it. And we'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, so stay tuned. I'm Ashley Frasca on WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Sure, green and growing, but hot. The forecast for the weekend from Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz brought to you by Finley Roofing. You've heard Robin say it. You heard Brad say it. Christina Edwards has been saying it all week long. Heat index is high, guys. Even though it's about 94 degrees for the high today, it could feel as hot as 105, 106 degrees. So you've got to stay hydrated, stay safe in the sun, but mostly sunny afternoon. Maybe a stray storm is possible, of course, at summertime in Georgia. Tomorrow, higher chance for scattered thunderstorms late afternoon or in the evening. High of around 93, lows in the low 70s, and more thunderstorms moving in for the work week. Your complete weather forecast comes up in 10 minutes. 
Green. Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, pretty easy, and most of these can be done pretty quickly, so you don't have to stay outside too long. To keep your herbs at their best, harvest often, and you only remove maybe about 20% at a time and keep the rest on the plant. Water at the base of the plant, that is common knowledge, not just for herbs, but everything else. Don't let the soil dry out in between waterings. Herbs can be a little finicky that way, and I really need to start growing my own because I have spent money at the grocery store lately on fresh dill, on basil, and I was like, man, it would just be so much easier to get this from my own yard, so I'll try. Um, How's the centipede lawn looking? This is number two. If the grass has turned a dull green or it's curled up, a sign of drought stress, which you're thinking, hey, we had maybe half of the month of July where we had nothing but rain, but a lot of the drought stresses could start showing sooner than that. Got to watch out for excess thatch as well. That's not going to be good for any lawn. Compacted soil, if you have bare spots, that may be the reason why, or poor root development. So it's so important when establishing a new lawn to keep everything watered consistently. And number three, this one's fun. Last chance to plant pumpkin seeds. Sow them about an inch deep. They have to have mulch in eight to 10 hours of sun. Plenty of room for the vines to spread, and that really is a fun one. 404-872-0750. Jimmy and McDonough, good morning. Good morning. Did I give you some good advice? Is that yes, right? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. Tell me how. <laughs> I think it was back uh, in May or so when I first called you. I was a first-time caller. Okay. Oh, you're a uh, second-time caller now. All right. A second-time caller now. <laughs> Repeat but- customer. I have a well-established yard. Uh-huh. It's absolutely beautiful, uh, centipede, mm-hmm. and I seeded it several years ago, and it's really thrived. But I had a spot of Bermuda that came up, and when I first seen it, I didn't really think much about it. But long story short, it's about the third season. It really got big, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's you know, you're very evasive. So I called you and asked you what I could spray on the Bermuda. Mm-hmm. And and it not hurt the centipede, and you told me uh, Seth Oxidum, okay. Seth Oxidum, mm-hmm. and I used that, and buddy, it did a number on it, but it didn't hurt the centipede like you said. So that is great. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. And you got to be careful. You know, it, it can be different when you've got a cool season and a warm season grass like fescue and Bermuda fighting it out. But two warm season grasses, it's just really careful. You've got to pick the right grass for the right condition the one that's going to be toughest and thrive and in your case centipede one out that's what we wanted to happen jimmy i'm so glad keep in touch you're my my satisfied customer i want you to keep calling the show thank you so much 404-872-0750 we'll be right back it's wsb When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.